Happy Monday, everybody. My name is Brandon Rosa, and welcome to another episode of the Xbox in 10 podcast, your weekly source of Xbox gaming news covered in around 10 minutes. Every Monday, this podcast covers new game releases, the previous week's gaming news, and we all are in an Xbox-related fun fact together. This show is on podcast services around the world, so please subscribe on your favorite and leave a review. Xboxin10.com, no numbers, is your quick source for links to all of our podcast destinations and social media profiles, which you can follow at Xboxin10. To start, let's talk game releases. The big games out last week were AO Tennis 2, Zombie Army 4 Dead War, and the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance Tactics. The games coming out this week are Metro Exodus's Sam Story, Dead Cells The Bad Seed, Super Mega Space Blaster Special Turbo, Outbreak Epidemic, Darksiders Genesis, Warriors Uki 4 Ultimate, Underhero, Glass Masquerade 2 Illusions, and Spaceland. Three new games were announced for Game Pass on February 6th, Final Fantasy 15 and Wolfenstein Youngblood, on February 13th, Death Squared, and just a reminder, from February 14th to the 16th, we can all participate in the Bleeding Edge closed beta via Xbox Game Pass for console. Now on to last week's biggest news stories, and we have nine to cover this week. Number one, Xbox boss doesn't consider Nintendo or Sony as their biggest competitors. Matt Kim at IGN writes, A new console generation is almost here, but even though there are flashes of the old console rivalry with the imminent release of the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5, Xbox boss Phil Spencer says he's more worried about Amazon and Google. In an interview with Protocol, Spencer explained how Microsoft and Xbox quote, see Amazon and Google as the main competitors going forward, end quote. This is because those tech companies both have top-end global cloud infrastructure, which Microsoft also has thanks to its Azure platform. Quote, I don't want to be in a fight over format wars with Nintendo and Sony, while Amazon and Google are focusing on how to get gaming to 7 billion people around the world. Ultimately, that's the goal, end quote. Cloud infrastructure is a multi-billion dollar industry led by companies like Amazon Web Services, Google Cloud, and Microsoft Azure. Although cloud technology is used for a variety of different services like web hosting, the technology has been incorporated into gaming as well. Google Stadia uses Google's cloud technology to stream games to homes, as does Xbox's Project X Cloud with Azure. In 2019, Microsoft and Sony announced a joint agreement that will allow the two companies to work together on developing, quote, future cloud solutions in Microsoft Azure to support their respective game and content streaming services, end quote. The agreement could pave the way for Sony to use Microsoft's Azure data centers to power streaming services. There are rumors that Nintendo is also looking to work with Microsoft's Azure on streaming. While Sony and Microsoft are considering the imminent launch of each other's company's consoles, as Sony says when the company recently talked about pricing for the PS5, it appears that Microsoft is looking beyond hardware and could see cloud services as a new battleground. Quote, that's not to disrespect Nintendo-owned Sony, but traditional gaming companies are somewhat out of position, end quote, says Spencer. Quote, I guess they could try to recreate Azure, but we've invested tens of billions of dollars into cloud over the years, end quote. Almost a subtle diss and a humble brag with Xbox's Phil Spencer saying that they are not worried about Nintendo and Sony as they believe the future rivalries will be in the cloud. I can't wait to see what Xbox can do with Project xCloud in terms of mass market appeal, as Google Stadia has simply not done that. Number two, what's the Xbox Series X mystery port? It's for expandable storage. Brad Sams at Therat writes, As we move towards the next generation of consoles, one item that is presenting challenges for Microsoft and likely Sony too, is that games are getting bigger. If you look at titles like the most recent Call of Duty, they can easily surpass 100GB in size. With next generation consoles pushing for 4K graphics with additional visual enhancements, the size of a game is only going to increase which means that storage is becoming a challenge. Even though 1TB is sufficient for most PCs these days as documents and other content is much smaller, for a console that could only mean having 9 or fewer games installed on your device. 
A few weeks back, we got our first looks at the backside of the Xbox Series X. At that time, I believe the long rectangular port between the HDMI and digital audio port that was for diagnostics, and I was incorrect. That port is for storage expansion, according to people familiar with the company's plans, and offers the Series X as a workaround as games continue to expand in size. The bigger question which I don't know the answer to quite yet is what technology Microsoft is using for the expandable storage. Considering that the internal drive is going to be of the high performance variety, a flavor of NVMe is expected and not a platter drive. External storage needs to be quick as well. While the back of the device does have USB ports that could be used for expansion, that mystery slot is a dedicated storage expansion for high-speed hardware. I'm always in favor of consoles being more modular so that if you want to upgrade, you can. Right now, I do kind of hate the fact that I use an external hard drive via USB 3.0 because there are some times where I start up my Xbox One X, it doesn't recognize the hard drive, and I have to do a hard reset. I'm sure it would be really expensive, but I would like to have the option to be able to add and upgrade my SSD for the Xbox Series X if I wanted whenever I wanted. Number three, Gears of War boss will join Blizzard to oversee Diablo franchise. Matt Kim at IGN writes, Rod Ferguson, Gears 5 director and head of Microsoft's The Coalition Studio, announced that he is leaving the company to join Blizzard in March. Ferguson says he will be overseeing the Diablo franchise in his new role. Quote, starting in March, I will join Blizzard to oversee the Diablo franchise, end quote, said Ferguson in a farewell tweet posted on his personal account. Quote, leaving is bittersweet as I love our Gears family, the fans, and everyone at The Coalition and Xbox, end quote. Ferguson began working in games in 1996 at Microsoft. In 2005, he joined Epic Games as part of the development team on Gears of War. He worked in some capacity on every Gears of War game. Microsoft acquired the Gears of War series from Epic and started up the Coalition Studio. Ferguson last served as their director on Gears 5. Really sad to see Rod Ferguson leave the Coalition as he spearheaded the Coalition with Gears 4 and 5, and I really liked those games. I think they brought the franchise back. Unfortunately, the Gears of War franchise has not been as big as it was on the Xbox 360, and to me that's simply because of the numbers. Xbox One is clearly losing to Sony in the PlayStation 4, while Xbox 360 was on top of the PS3. This does leave me a little worried for Gears 6, given the way Gears 5 ended. I believe the Xbox Series X will be a resurgent from Microsoft and Xbox, and they really need Gear 6 to be great and sell highly again like it did on the Xbox 360. Hit up Cliff Blazinski, the father of Gears of War, as he did offer to consult on the next game, Microsoft. Number 4. Activision confirms new Call of Duty for 2020, but not who's making it. Sharif Saeed at VG247 writes, Activision, to no one's surprise, is releasing a new premium Call of Duty game later this year. As part of Activision's earnings report for Q4 of fiscal year 2019, the publisher talked a great deal about the success of the Call of Duty brand in both mobile free-to-play and the premium segment for console PC. A new premium Call of Duty game is due out this fall, as is custom. More interestingly, however, Activision did not give any hints as to which of its studios is it currently working on it. Traditionally, Activision would casually say the name of the studio working on the game in earnings call, although this is the first official confirmation of the 2020 game, it's interesting that the company executives didn't share studio names. Last year, a Kotaku report revealed that the Call of Duty 2020's development had been troubled. Initially meant to be co-production between Sledgehammer and Raven, the two teams reportedly had many creative differences. This caused Activision to bring in Treyarch midway through 2019 in order for the game to ship on schedule in 2020. It is said to be a new Black Ops title, but not much else is known about the project at this point. Activision is normally happy to flaunt Treyarch's name in these calls, so it's a bit strange that it didn't do it this time. Activision typically starts teasing a new Call of Duty game around May, so we're likely to find out more then, if not before. A little concerning considering the troubled development that Treyarch had with Call of Duty Black Ops 4 back in 2018, and now they're going to lead 2020 with a ready troubled development on whatever this game was originally supposed to be. Not a good sign heading into next gen, 
Nonetheless, the game will release in 2020, and it'll sell millions of millions of copies. Number 5. Activision Blizzard has several more remakes and remasters planned for 2020. Connor Sheridan at GamesRadar writes, Though Warcraft 3 Reforged had a rough start, Activision Blizzard plans to release several more remastered games and remakes this year. Quote, In addition, our business units will continue to tap into our portfolio of beloved IP to bring back several remastered and reimagined experiences to our players in 2020, which we will announce closer to launch, Durkin said. Activision looking to reprint some more money. It will be cool to see what they bring back, though. Could we see remastered remakes of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, Guitar Hero? Only time will tell. Number 6. Ubisoft confirms five AAA games planned for release in late 2020, early 2021. Matt Kim at IGN writes, Ubisoft released five new AAA games in 2020-2021, with three of them getting released by the end of this year and two being released in early 2021, and none of them will be Beyond Good and Evil 2. Quote, we have evolved our organizational structure in recent months in order to strengthen our focus on high potential titles, and we are very excited about the idea of releasing five new AAA games in 2020-2021, end quote, said Ubisoft CEO Yves Gaumont during the Q3 fiscal year 2020 investor call. Ubisoft previously announced, then delayed a slate of AAA games including Watch Dogs Legion, Rainbow Six Quarantine, Gods and Monsters, and there have been reports that Ubisoft is working on a new Assassin's Creed game supposedly based on Vikings. That's four games that could fit neatly into Ubisoft's AAA plans for the next year, and there are projects like Skull and Bones that have been delayed indefinitely which can complete the release calendar. I'm hoping for some surprises we're not aware of yet. I haven't played Beyond Good and Evil, so I don't have any nostalgia for that. I'm from what the internet is churning up. Skull and Bones has been rebooted several times over, so we should not expect that game anytime soon. Number 7. Platinum Games would love to finish Scalebound if the opportunity presents itself. Aaronet Van de Velde at WCCF Tech reports, Former Xbox exclusive Scalebound was cancelled three years ago, but if the opportunity arises, developer Platinum Games would love to return to working on the game. Back in January of 2017, after years of development, the Microsoft-owned IP was cancelled due to development issues. Following the game's cancellation, Microsoft has received a lot of criticism from the community, but according to Platinum Games, Microsoft wasn't the only party to blame. Quote, watching fans getting angry at Microsoft over the cancellation wasn't easy for us to watch, end quote, studio head Astrushi Nibata said during an interview with BGC. Quote, because the reality is when any game in development can't get released, it's because both sides failed, end quote. From what Scalebound looked like, it would be a game to really diversify Microsoft's first-party portfolio, but if Platinum Games was bringing it back, I imagine it would be multi-platform. It'll be interesting to see if there's any future for the IP of Scalebound. Number 8. Co-founder Dan Hauser will leave Rockstar Games in March. Heidi Nicholas at True Achievements writes, Parent company Take-Two Interactive has announced that Dan Hauser, co-founder of Rockstar Games, will be leaving the company in March. Hauser co-founded Rockstar Games with his brother Sam more than two decades ago and has worked extensively on a lot of Rockstar Games since then including those in the GTA franchise and the Red Dead Redemption series. Hauser has apparently been on an extended break since the spring of last year, and while no reason is given for this or his departure or where he'll be headed next, it's been confirmed that his brother Sam Hauser will carry on at the company with no change to his role. With a company as prolific as Rockstar, and with franchises that sell as amazing as they do in GTA and Red Dead Redemption, it will be interesting to see what this impact has on the company and the games going forward. GTA 6 may now look a little different on the next-gen consoles. And number 9 of a long show, Apex Legends Season 4 brings massive changes to the map and a new weapon. Austin Gosselin at Polygon writes, Apex Legends' latest season is bringing back destruction to World's Edge. As part of the beginning of Season 4, it looks like Respawn has destroyed parts of the map, which would change the way the players interact with those areas. Other changes in the Season 4 patch include the addition of Revenant, the newest game's legend, a new weapon, a new battle pass, and a few balance changes. Revenant has the ability to move across the map more quickly than the other game's legends, as well as the Sable enemy's abilities. 
Most importantly, his ultimate gives him the ability to cheat death, letting him revive at a specific totem when he reaches zero health rather than going down. Season 4's new weapon is the Sentinel Sniper Rifle. Aside from simply being a powerful bolt-action sniper rifle, with the shield battery attachment, equipped players can charge up an essentially strong shot that does extra damage. Shout out to Respawn, had to give him some love here. More for the Apex Legends players, unfortunately I have not played it consistently since launch, played a few weeks ago and got smoked. I do want to check out Revenant given his abilities, as I am the type of player who loves to run around maps in multiplayer games at 1000 miles an hour. As always, we end our show with a fun fact about Xbox, and this one is for Gamerscore. Back in March 13th of 2014, the first Xbox player hit the Millionaire Gamerscore. Raymond Cox, also known as Stallion83, became the first person to hit a Gamerscore of 1 million on Xbox. Go give him a follow on Mixer as he is currently up to 2.1 million gamer score. For contrast, I'm at a measly 80,000. Thank you all for listening to the Xbox in 10 podcast, your weekly source of Xbox gaming news covered in around 10 minutes. If you like the show, please subscribe on your favorite podcast service, share it with your friends, and follow on all social media at Xbox in 10. This past week, I've been on Night Shift, and I've been watching Star Wars The Clone Wars in anticipation for the Season 7 release. Just starting Season 5, so I will be done in time. My name is Brandon Rosa. You can follow me on Xbox at Brosa93. I hope you all have a great week, and keep on gaming.